Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fantasy Football Scout Scoutcast. You are joined by me, Andy, FPL Mode, and we are also joined by Joe, FF Scout Joe. How's it going? Yeah, it's going very well. Um, I've uh, um, some some viewers may have seen me in action on a on a video that went <laughs> viral um, last week, oh, so I was very very pleased about you, that. And you're going to uh, need to explain that because that sounds a little bit dodgy already. <laughs> I was I was on a viral video and I was and I was in a cupboard. <laughs> oh dear please please explain it more <laughs> okay uh it was a comedy sketch involving content creators and how um how on earth um they produce so much content and the answer is uh they're locked in a cupboard and they're not allowed out <laughs> until they pretty make much. loads of content pretty much yeah as just gets us all in a cupboard doesn't he and yeah yeah that's it great Gi- content yeah. giant cupboard <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we are also joined by seb seb how's it going Hello, mate. It's going okay, thank you. A little lethargic, you know. It's warm. It's warm again. Last time it was this warm, we weren't streaming, so I didn't have to sit with like you know three machines. This is where I work as well. So three machines around me here. Yeah. But, uh, other than being a bit slower than usual, or or not, you know, I'm okay, thank you. How are you? Surely it's less mentally taxing now that our teams are locked in as well. Like you know, first week's done. We don't have to worry about all these different changes. That must be quite nice to not have that mentally taxing thing on your head all the time. Yeah, but you know, before game week one, when you're the best manager in the world, because everything's open to you, all the possibilities are open. Well, I didn't pick Kulisevsky, so that one's already gone. So I don't know. <laughs> Some of us did. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Joe, do you want to tell us about what we are doing this evening, what we're yes. talking about? Yes, indeed. Well, first of all, pe- uh, people might have noticed that the uh, the introductions are slightly different. Um, mm. we, we've uh, retired the, my name is Joe, my name is Seb, my name is Andy Bits. Um, which is the last last vestiges of the original scout cast. And ironically, I was at um, Fest on Friday uh, meeting a number of managers, some, some I hadn't uh, met before in real life, only in mm. video form. And uh, But also there were uh, Mark and Granville, the original hosts of the scout cast, oh. who I have met before, and it was good to see them again. Um, so, yes, I met them there. And as I met them, suddenly... The, the last bit of the original scout cast has gone. So onwards and upwards to the future, yeah. a brave new world. What's coming up on the show? Back to that. Uh, yeah. We're going to look back at game week one, uh, what lessons we can learn going into game week two. Um, I'll do a what if I were to wildcard section. 
um, if we were that impatient, who would be coming in, who would be leaving? Um, so lots of attacking stats in particular there from game week one. Andy, we'll look at well-owned flops. Uh, should we keep or sell? And Seb is taking an in-depth look at the new look Manchester City. Now with Holland up top, uh, uh, there's points tallies to look at from game week one, game week two teams to reveal, community team latest and teach Andy will be taking charge of another community Q&A session. Um, so me and as Seb will be doing our best to convince Andy of our various arguments. Um, so get your questions ready in your heads for uh, the end of the show. Plus, we will attempt to get all our pronunciations right. Uh, Holland, you may have mentioned, notice I said there, not Harland, Orland, and not Jesus, it's Jesus. Um, <laughs> so there's going to be a few more there. Um, still, we are the only show to get Joe Ellington right. It's Joe Ellington, not Joe Linton, as everyone else is saying, especially yeah. on Match of the Day. So we'll do our best and we'll get some wrong as well. We will do our best. And Seb, just very, very quickly before I go on to the uh, scores, we do have a super question in the in the chat. Could you just make a note of it so we can answer it towards the end of the show? Because if we mm -hmm. answered all the super questions throughout the show, we, we, it would ruin the flow of the show, the lovely flow of the show. So uh, we just want to make sure we're uh, we're going as normal. So uh, on to the first team, which uh, to see how we got on with the points. And it is mine. So I had 79 points. I had Ward in goal, uh, who got me one point. Trent, who got me one point. Cancelo got me seven. Robertson got me one. James got me seven. Salah, captain, got me 24. Martinelli got me eight. Bailey got me two. Kulosevsky, my hero, got me 13. Uh, Holland got me 13 and Jesus got me two. Um, I was, I'm not going to lie, I, this is pretty much how well it could have gone for me. I think Kulosevsky was the position that I was really stuck on. And la even last week when we looked on Scoutcast, I had Mount in here instead. Um, and it was between Mount, Saka and Kulosevsky. And I ended up on Kulosevsky because I wanted some kind of coverage for uh, that first game against Southampton. And the plan was always going to be, and Seb will talk about this later because we've been talking about it on Twitter today, that I was going to move Kulosevsky out for Foden next week. I now am in the position where Kulosevsky absolutely smashed it in the first game. I quite like the fact that he's in my team and game week three and four, he's looking good as well. So we're going to have a bit of a chat about that later, about what I'm going to do next. But 79 points. I'm extremely happy with that. I'm extremely happy with my team moving forward. Obviously going with Hall in instead of Kane. It's just worked out well. I think they were both good shouts. So I think, you know, we're going to probably talk about that later as well. But yeah, 79 points. I think that's a solid start from me. So I will very much take that. Um, Ward and Everson, obviously, I've got those two in goal. But for 8 million for the two of them, you know, I, I'm not too fussed about that. So uh, yeah, 79 points. And I am very, very happy. Um, Seb, if we move on to your points, you have got 74 points. Uh, so you had Ward in goal. You had Trent, you had Cancelo, you had uh, Gabriel, you got you seven points, which is lovely, and James getting you the seven. Um, you had pretty much the exact same midfield as me, except you had Luis Diaz instead of Kulosevsky, who only got you two points. And then you had Haaland and Jesus up top as well. So 74 points. Happy? How do you feel about it? 0.5 yeah. in the bank as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 0.5 in the bank. And yeah, absolutely fine. A lot of people got very similar teams, so it's marginal stuff. Kane over Haaland, or um, like in your case, the right 8 million midfielder uh, for this week. So nothing to complain about. I do have Walker on my bench with his six points, I think it was. So in theory, I should have started Walker over Bailey. But as I discussed with Andy Sonaldo on Friday, whenever it was, 
really the choice was never that it was whether I would go Walker or Gabriel you know if I wasn't going to start Bailey I shouldn't have had him in the first place I should have had a 4.5 and just benched them so while I could have done that I wasn't really ever thinking about it so I'll take Gabriel seven over Walker's six or whatever it was yeah very nice and do you know it's very interesting actually because it wasn't Gabriel that caught the headlines was it it was it was the person next to him that Saliba who looked yeah. incredible for 0.5 million less as well. So that could be something that we think about for wild cards later on in the. In the I, I think what's interesting and the reason I did this sort of despite you know not obviously normally being a big fan of a cheap bench which I have elsewhere having this one slightly more expensive spot on my bench was because I picked people like Bailey, people like uh, James Walker who we didn't necessarily know if they were secure for 90s and we don't really know that still. Mm-hmm. And then Gabriel, I reason I picked Gabriel and I nearly had Zinchenko, but course we all did it's the summer um but the reason i went with gabriel is just because i thought oh, he's pretty nailed in that back line like i won't go white for cheaper because we don't know what happens when tommy Asu comes back yeah. zinchenko let's see and actually ironically i think saliba for 4.5 is probably their most secure starter based on only one week of information so if anyone ends up leaving it's probably gabriel for me at some point yeah i tell you that saliba looked good he looked very very good didn't look like his first game in the prem i can tell you that um and then joe on to you we're obviously coming to you last because you know you're 1.5 million in the world i don't know what's happened to your season so far i know it's um, gone wrong i'm gonna give up i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw all my my toys out of the pram uh you yeah tried 69, very hard to get a very 69 sexy points, 69 uh, yes i did get did get the bill and ted score so that's absolutely <laughs> fine uh yeah there's there's something like about half a million uh, ranking points different from about two yeah. or three points at the moment so not too worried um so yeah i have um yeah with my with my team i can't even remember what i had now uh yes <laughs> um i've got i had um uh ward unfortunately in goal so i had a ward sanchez double up um uh, alexander arnold uh cancelo uh, gabriel is uh i was very pleased with getting my uh bonus point um how it's going to work out when um I don't know. They might just keep it. They might just keep white or right back. Who knows? But um, I think uh, yeah, Gabriel, you know, looks as secure as he always has been. Um, I think if I wildcarded now, if I were to wildcard, which we'll come to in a bit, I think I'd probably free up that space for a Chelsea James, basically James, and and use and and not bother with these any of this Ward fanning around with Ward and Everson business and and just get Ramsdale in and just just focus on those that clean sheets there. Uh, but um one of the reasons I got Gabriel and I'm sure I think Seb is Gabriel in your team as well, Seb. Um, he is, but yeah. But one of the reasons was is because Crystal Palace and Leicester are absolutely pants at <laughs> at uh, at defending set pieces and Gabriel is as known he's got the odd goal in him. So I was just hoping I would get a cheeky goal there, a differential goal. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. He's still got Leicester's mighty or less than mighty defence to go. Um, other issue there, Mason Mount. I'll come to him in a, in a, in a bit in the next section. But um, I don't know what's going on there. Um, I'm not. I'm certainly not going to get rid of him <laughs> uh, yeah. after one game. Um, there were some reports. Some people just felt that he wasn't quite, uh, quite right that particular game. Um, but he's certainly been right in pre-season, so it, I don't, it's not an issue I'm particularly worried about. Um, and uh, he's got a good good fixture next, so yeah. Well, let's just, let's just see. And people are worried about Bailey as well, but um, I think Villa were all out of sorts, and yeah. it's not just Bailey there. And when Bailey faced Everton uh, last season, he had a goal and assist, I believe, um, in his 20-minute cameo came on. So he clearly likes playing Everton. Uh, yeah. Let's see. And Everton arguably are worse now, uh, but then arguably so are Villa. 
uh, very happy with the Holland v Kane decision, which I think all Holland v Kane uh, people will go with. Um, there's already some chat in the the live chat about how to pronounce his name. Apparently, uh, Holland says Harlands is fine, uh, <laughs> but uh, but then a Norwegian has come into the chat saying it's in fact Holland. Um, so I'll let them go to it. We're just going to stick with that until someone has a go at us, and then we'll change it. But we're doing which the I'm best sure we can. Will. Do the best we can. Um, So lovely stuff. Uh, I should say as well, before we get on to uh, looking at the first segment, which is going to be Joe's segment all about if he were to wildcard, what would he do? And we're going to be looking at attacking teams. Uh, Hello to a few people in the chat. Lots of people mentioning your video, Joe, how much they loved it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andy Martin's in the chat. Ivan Fedorstov. Lynn is in the chat, taking the mickey out of my name again. Terrible. Uh, Never give up FPL. Mike uh, you. sorry if I've butchered that, uh, Elliot Parsons, all of you, thank you so much for being in the chat. Make sure you do like and subscribe to the stream as well. Um, also, just very quickly to mention, Joe, 69 points, myself, 79 points, 1,200,000 spaces between us. Rank <laughs> means absolutely nothing at the moment. 10 points is the difference between one player in a, in a team next week. Like, it means nothing. So if you're not where you want to be in your overall rank, it means nothing after game week one. So do not worry. Um, right. So, Joe, do you want to explain mm-hmm. to us what your next segment's going to be about? Because I've got some slides to put up, but I thought you yes. could just explain it a bit Okay. I yes, I, I will do. I just, just want to point out that um, it's not my video that I was in. It's uh, by... Uh, by a comedian, FPL face-off Tom. And so do have a look for him on uh, Twitter. If you haven't seen his stuff, he's got loads of funny FPL videos. Uh, do have a look at that. Um, so, yeah, what if I were to wildcard, I've called this. Um, so uh, some people are already thinking about it, <laughs> which is crazy, but um, I'm not. Um, but but it's a good way of sort of framing what, what lessons we think we might be able to learn after just one week. Um, is it best to be patient? Do we know the best attacks? Do we know the teams to target the worst defences? Well, we've had a few hints, so we we may do. So, for example, I think I've already made a mistake going Mount over James. Um, time will tell for that one, but I just think James was so involved, even if Mount uh, was, was better in that game. James is just a machine. He's just gonna. He's just gonna. Uh, you know, he's just gonna jettison points all across people's teams, and that's what I want. <laughs> so I think um, I would look to get James in over Mount, and he's a bit cheaper. So that's just what I think there, but other people might not think that. Uh, on the flip side, I am very happy to go Holland over Kane, and it was Praz on the Burning Questions video that was the decider in my head for that, and he was basically laying out various scenarios if you were if. Holland scored a brace or a hat-trick and Kane blanked and you had Kane, would you make that move? Because the prices are going to change quick and when would mm. you do it? And it basically, it was sort of playing the game and and that sounded awful. <laughs> so I just thought, whoever you go for, just pick it. So if I had got Kane, I wouldn't start swapping him out. He's got a great game week three fixture. He scored many a goal against Chelsea uh, and he's still good. <laughs> um, but um, Holland... Um, yeah, it's the one I'm happy to stick with. He's he's a machine. We talked about him a lot on the captaincy video. Mm. Um, so um, we got some stats to consider um, to do. go through They're first. On the screen now. Oh, is it the game week yes. one most attacking players um, stats? Hopefully. Um, yep. So um, looking at that, these these the, no surprises because obviously everyone knows who scored, um, uh, who, who was who was available, uh, you know, who got assists, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, Pascal Gross from the mighty Brighton. 
Uh, it wasn't Manchester United were bad. It was Brighton were excellent. So that's that's the narrative bit, I'm pushing. Bit of both, bit of both. Uh, uh, Pascal <laughs> Gross Brighton, Brighton was the highest <laughs> rating there um, on e- uh, expected goal non penalty. Um, he only, he's only five point five. So if you started with him, uh, great. <laughs> um, I know someone in my mini league who has uh, benched him, which might hurt a bit. Um, but uh, I think he, he is a great he is a great asset. He's been priced very kindly, and he's still good, and he's still sort of integral to Brighton's team. And he, yeah, although he does love to um, score against Manchester United, Holland uh, next up expected uh, goals uh, non penalty of nearly one. Um, but obviously that takes into account uh, penalties as well. His expected goal involvement was nearly two. He scored two um, shots inside the box, five. That's brilliant. Chances created none. So you are not going to get assist points out of this guy. You are just going to get goals. <laughs> the whole and the whole team look well. Something Seb's going to talk about, but it, it's yeah. The the team wants him to score, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So I want to own that person that everyone wants him to score. Um, then Donker Wolves, uh, a couple of shots inside the box. Next up, he's an attacking player there. Um, Wilson at uh, Newcastle. Created two chances, four shots inside the box. Um, yeah, a really good FPL asset, I think, at the moment, if he can stay fit. Mm. Uh, Darwin Nunes, really interesting. Um, came on, and will it force Salah to play wide a bit more? Will Salah become more of a creator? Uh, Nunes could be the one that hoover up the goals. Four shots inside the box, two chances created. So he's got assist potential as well. He's someone, if I were to wildcard... I would seriously consider getting, and that could be, and that could be, I don't have enough detail yet, but you know what I'm going to say? It could be at the expense of Salah. But that's a big call, and I'm not going to make that after one. But <laughs> I think he is, it could be that he is the one, because <laughs> he's four million cheaper or so, three, three and a half million cheaper. Yeah. Um, no, four million cheaper. So, um, Alt Nori, um, defender, Wolves. Three chances created. He's next up and expected goals, non-penalty. Uh, Eze at Crystal Palace, only 5.5 million. Session on Tottenham, underlining basically the Tottenham fullbacks, get them in. Um, mm. But then I think they've just signed another one today. So <laughs> that means, it's, I don't know, about a million. He loves his fullbacks. So, so which one are you going to get? Take take your pick. But I don't know. You either get them all or, or get none. Um, Salah, he's still, he's still there. But interestingly, is expected goal non-penalty um is uh point point three eight really low but he did create a chance and in fact his assist potential as we spoke about on the capsi video is quite quite good um so it could be a more of a creative role hard to tell at the moment and then and finally on that list we've got martinelli um which you know he's like twitter template he's fantasy football scout forum template he's what uh you know we've all seen him um in in pre-season we know he's great value um we know that if he's going to get starts he's going to do well yeah a couple of shots inside the box uh got a goal and created a chance as well so mm. so you know for, for both of you i mean looking at that list there if you were to wild card who of these that you own would you keep who would these that you don't own would you look to get in i mean Seb, some of these names here. I mean, I mean, obviously, it's only one week, isn't it? But what do you what do you reckon about any of these? I mean, I don't know if I. I guess I wouldn't pick the same team because I've got a little bit more information, some biases. But I feel like unless something's gone horribly wrong, and this links into maybe what me and Andy will chat about in a bit, while guarding after game week one, 
is that well why what have you learned in that single week that could have changed it so much now maybe you have like if you have cool i don't know if i have personally so things like nunez salah even a bit of city are still questions to be answered i don't think we have those answers yet and obviously when champions league comes in me and andy were talking about this just before stream you know, Darwin, even if he is their number nine, yeah. he's going to get rotated. You know, Haaland is definitely going to get rotated, either because he will suffer injury, unfortunately, because he does have that in his history, or because he won't suffer injury because he's being rotated. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if, I mentioned to Andy beforehand, that we end up with, like, say, two City and Liverpool defenders and only one attacker midfielder just because mm. of that. Yeah. Specifically on Salah and Nunes, what interests me, and I think, you know, people talk a lot about this this week and fair enough. I think really we need to see more is that, yeah, when Nunes plays, maybe Salah is pushing wider, but he still ended up with, as you can see here, a respectable XGI. Uh, Nunes is per 90 is something like, is it like, I think it's like 3.6 per 90, which means he would get 140 goals and assists over the season if he <laughs> carried bad. on like Let's that. Let's get him in. <laughs> exactly. So obviously, obviously I'm not saying, oh, he's going to regress to minus 139 point is you know that was that was fabulous but he isn't going to play like that for 90 minutes every week and Salah still put up decent numbers we saw the goal he scored right he was on top of Nunes for that so even if he starts wide coming inside is not going to be a problem for him maybe he creates a few more but I wouldn't be worried about that position just yet give it another couple of weeks to be sure but what we saw the weekend no stress no stress at all what about what about your your team though i mean the decisions that you've made before game week one are there any that you're thinking now well i'm going to monitor that situation so you've got yeah yeah actually i guess i sort of answered that a bit earlier so with um i picked some of my team with just you know x-men's in mind and who Mm. i thought would get 90 and wouldn't so your walker gabriel bailey uh, even reese james i guess if we're now thinking reese james started brilliant hell chillwell started Mm. so maybe we consider that uh, I'd probably get Saliba, I guess, rather than Gabriel. I mean, that's super reactionary, okay. but it's a nice one to have. And then maybe I'd have more confidence in Walker because he played the okay. 90, so I'd be safe with that. The other one, which is more relevant to Andy, is the Foden thing. He started, yeah. not only did he start, he started on the right. So he probably started when we didn't necessarily expect him to, and he started in a new, in inverted commas, position, which probably opens up even more opportunity for him starting in the future. So maybe that pushes him up the eight mil list for me. But other than that, I think I'd stay pretty constant. I, I think the big question as well, though, and Joe, I'll put this to you first. Nunes, people are thinking, right, I need to get this player into my team because he's looked electric when he's played mm. so far, hasn't he? He's, he looks like yeah. he's looks like he's going to be starting. It's got a nice fixture at Crystal Palace and even nicer fixture against Man United <laughs> the mm. week after that. But the big thing is you can't own four Liverpool players. You, you can't just bring him in. You've, most people have three and they're going to have to be ditching one. Mm. You're not going to be ditching Salah, most probably, most people. You're not going to be ditching Trent. So the big question is, do you ditch one of Robertson or Diaz for Nunes? Because Diaz looked good. He hit the post. He, mm. he had a few shots in that as well. Uh, Robertson is Robertson. You know he's going to get points by the end of the season anyway. So of those two, Joe, if you owned one, which one would you be saying, yeah, I, c- I can get rid of him and get Nunes, well, uh, knowing uh, that you have to downgrade somebody else to get up to that nine million as I, well? I do think given... Holland, given all of the other players that we want, I do think that Nunez and Salah is tricky. I still think that's tricky, but doable. And if I did that, Salah, Nunez, uh, yeah, it would be Robertson would go. So I would have, right. I would sit for Alexander Arnold. But I, oh. um, I, if if it was a case of if I own Diaz, making do. But I think I think that's uh, it's a decision. If people were to wildcard, they would be looking at the budget there and thinking. 
essentially it's like do they go premium and also i don't think it's a case of which liverpool ones will make well obviously we can only have three but if i went for nunez i think jesus at arsenal would have to go and i certainly don't have enough information uh, considering his electric pre-season how you know just because he blanked against it which was one of the toughest games they've got early on from an attacking point of view I, I i certainly don't want to ditch him at the moment but that would be a situation i would monitor jesus and possibly and robertson out i think so this is why i think most people are thinking about wildcarding when they didn't mm. think they would be is because they want three up top now i yeah. feel like well, people want want this... Holland, they want jesus at uh, jesus yeah. and they want um uh, Darwin as well and I yeah. think that's well, the main reason well this is why I didn't want one up top hmm. because you there will always be players that you want to get to you want to have a flexible team teams that went you know deliberately you know just one up top and then they had like I don't know whatever Archer and Greenwood as their, their next then they, they can't get to as easily Mitrovic and Jesus and 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 Nunes, they can't get to all of these players. But if you, but I mean, I'm already thinking about three up top. And I think in, in some of the videos I've, I've done before as well in preseason, I quite like four three three as a setup um, because I I feel there there there's so many teams with new with new strikers with new attacking formations. So when they've got good fixtures, yeah, I mean, Mitrovic scored what's it two. <laughs> twice against Liverpool so that was a, yeah. that was a tough fixture in the easy games wow so I'd, I'd want him um you know I what I want there's a lot of strikers I suddenly want and there's not yeah. so many midfielders I'm very still a bit unsure about really so you've got Kulisevsky yeah but I'd like to see Kulisevsky when Richarlison's in the squad and see what happens then also yeah when Champions League comes up I just want to see what sort of minutes he's getting what I presume he's going to have the same role, but how often will he play? Um, or, or will he be moved? I don't know. <laughs> it's only been one game week. I guess um, my, my question on that, like it applies to a couple of things you've said, like the Jesus Mount uh, swap that you might want to do with the strikers is um, it like entirely valid to do that now. Fair enough. But I'd wonder why that has changed so much with just one week's worth well, it of hasn't, knowledge. Because I've been saying it pre-season. I right. really like three strikers up top. So why did you go? Why did you not go with it? Well, I've sort of gone... In, in my classic hedging my bets way, I've gone for two strikers up top because if I'm wrong, <laughs> then and three strikers I won't want, well, then I'm fine. I've got two. Or if all, stri- all strikers are terrible, <laughs> then I can go down to one. And three strikers is completely attainable for me because I've got other strike- other players who are sort of cash cows, like, for example, Mason Mount. Um, so I can move that money up there. So that's why I've done it. To I've... I, I thought four four two is the I don't know what's going to happen. I could be right. I could be wrong. That's the best flexible formation. But I also think I'm readying four three three. Um, I don't think I'm quite at three four three yet. I think there's still too many great yeah. points potential uh, players in in defence. But um, four three three is something I'm seriously. I'm, I'm interested to see if this changes. You know, if like Saka and whoever mount go and score next week i think so for, for my position for my team obviously 532 slash 442 but with 0.5 in the bank i could do that gabriel to saliba mm, yeah. uh, diaz to a non-playing midfielder and then i yeah. could do my non-playing forward straight up to yes. darwin and yes. i could keep jesus if i wanted because you, you started with two strikers you see yeah i mean but that it, isn't that it, isn't the plan but it, it's attainable but... i think 
Well, speaking of Deirza, the reason I don't want to lose Deirza just yet is with Jota, uh, we're not sure when he's back yet, I don't think, a couple of weeks. When he is back, sure, then I think Deirza's minutes could be a threat. There's also that Jota, Darwin playing up front. We're not sure which one it'll be. Probably Darwin, right? But there's going to be some rotation. But while he isn't in the team, I think Diaz is... I mean, Nunes only came on because of injury. He didn't start. I think he starts next mm. week. But if you didn't think he would start and therefore didn't pick him, you made the right call. Mm. He only came on because of injury and then he did mm. brilliantly. Great. But Diaz, what, hit the post? Had one goal ruled out for offside or something? So did absolutely find himself. Doesn't appear in the table here for the numbers, but... Hey, you know I'm a fan of the numbers, but with one week, that's that's the weakness, right? All the things the numbers would normally average out can't average out because it's only one week. So we don't see that Diaz hit the post and had a goal ruled out for offside. We don't see that Jesus, I think, played brilliantly mm. and would have maybe got the assist for Martinelli's goal. You know, the one yeah, he got wide that was yeah. a good chance. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they don't appear on this list because they didn't play quite well enough, but they weren't that far away. And so I'm pretty content in those two for now, at least. Well, we've just spoken about those Liverpool boys for quite a while. And mm. before I want to go on to Joe's second section, yes, we need to talk about Haaland because he w- he just looked immense. He j- he just looked mm. so good in that in that fixture. And the one the bit that scared me was how fast he was to get to that penalty as well. You know, when he yeah, won the he's pen, ma- he's, like he's massive and he's fast so and quick. accurate. And he did. Uh, he, how many shots did he have? I can't remember. It, was, it wasn't. He had, like, he had five inside the box. Five five shots, yeah. but. Yeah. But it shows his act. So he's got obviously one's a penalty there, but he 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 looks fast, accurate, uh, scary as well. I could, I compared him in the captaincy video earlier to Jogba in that he's just if you were a defender and you're facing Jogba or Holland coming at you, yeah, <laughs> then he's, it's scary. He's being, com- he's being compared to Rude quite a lot as well, isn't he? Like that yeah, same kind of yeah, poacher yeah. and the for me, I, the big thing this week has been if you've got Kane what do you do? Because obviously Sunday night, Holland went up, Kane went oh. down. Like they had, they had you, not even six hours well, to, to make I, that change. I, I go, I go back to what Praz was saying on the burning questions. It's about the game, about the gameplay of it. You've got to think about you're playing the game, the strategy of it. If you start, if I started with Kane, I would keep him <laughs> and people, and I would captain Salah against Palace. He's got a great record against Palace. Mm. And because in game week three, Kane's got um, a really great fixture. But also, um, if you go from game week three through through to game week six, which is probably the latest or, or when I might wildcard or consider it, um, Brentford are top of the fixtures. Then Tottenham, they've got Wolves, game week three. Then, then not, uh, Nottingham Forest. Um, note, I didn't say Notts Forest. Nottingham Forest. Uh, mm. West Ham and Fulham. So good bunch of fixtures there. Um, so I think um, I would keep him, but I didn't because I knew that game because I knew you'd be faced with that dilemma. And you would go all, you'd have to just switch off social media. We'd have to, I would have to not do this. You would have to ask me that question. I would just go, eh, I'm not listening. Um, yeah. And um, so that's why I started with with Holland because I thought whatever happens, I'm gonna want Holland in yeah. game week two, and I'm chances are I'm gonna want to stick with him. So that's what, what I do. So it's. So, it's yeah. So, so Seb, if yeah. if you if you still had Kane, if if you've gone through the price yep. changes, you're looking at him and you're thinking, God, Holland's he's, he's probably going up again either tonight or tomorrow mm. night. What would you be doing? Would you would you be taking that minus four and getting Holland in, in, or if you kept point five, oh, would you be making the switch? Like, I mean, that's, that, that that's, is the big question yeah. people are asking, isn't it? That's the thing. Like, I guess if you were going to make it, you needed to make it before that price change. If you haven't and you're now not point one short. 
People might not have been in England. People might might people might have been asleep. People might. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not taking a minus four. I'm not taking a minus four for that because, like, you know, if we, if as Joe said, if we think Kane is decent going forward, and it's just this one match for Hoyland, starting already a goal behind, which is what four points is worth for a forward. Assuming you have Salah, because the captaincy between Salah and Hoyland is actually pretty close. So it's not like you're going. Oh, I have to have the only captain that's available this week. So it's a minus two, not a minus four, or whatever you want to call it. I probably wouldn't. But yeah, sure, if I had done it for the price change, absolutely fine. Some people had that as the plan, right? They had, a bit like your foden uh, Chelisevsky thing, but it's a different position. People had the plan of starting with Kane and then going to Hurland, so fine, do that. I started with Hoyland simply, I think I've said it three different ways there, fun. I started with Erling. <laughs> Hoyland. Um, Hoyland. Whatever, whatever. Um, that massive you, bloke. You, you, know, you know what I have in my head? I have Every time we do this, I have, um, so I'll say it how I would say it, I guess, Odegaard or in my head, because obviously he's also Norwegian. And I remember hearing, I think him say it once, and it was like, Erdegaard. Sorry if I've, you know, that's horrible to anyone. But whenever I then say, Hurland, Hoyland, Harland, in my head, I have Hoyland. that. And the I don't think it's Hoyland. Just, the sounds <laughs> no. all just get horribly mixed up. And um, so, uh, yeah. Do you know what? But, so, yeah, just, just, to, just, to, just to finish that. Um, <laughs> Hoyland. No. Um, yeah, but I would, I, 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 I picked Erling. Because... Um, <laughs> Because I didn't want to then have to, you know, play that hokey cokey Doom Kane and uh, himself. Um, but I think it was so very close that, you know, variance, there's that word for the first time this season, right? And it's a similar question for you, Foden and Chelsevsky. You had that plan to make the transfer. You're now not so sure. I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with both of you. I, I think you have Go to get it. in. I think you have to get in. So it, for it, a minus four? Yeah, even for My, a minus four. What about a minus eight? At what point do you not get it? Not minus eight. I don't think anybody would okay. have to take a minus eight to get him if they're on Kane. But Ka- I mean, Kane, Kane's got a good So he has, to, he has to score two goals. Yeah. He has to score one goal. But if, yeah, you're so you about him. Him, if you're that worried about him, you captain him. Are you then transferring him back to Kane? Or are you then no. just on... No, no. You, Haaland's going to be in your team then. Because right. for me, you watch that game, you watch what he's like. He's, I, he might get injured later on, and yes, you can get Caden. But for me, he's going to ruin this league. He's going to absolutely destroy none, this league. So, like, none of this is new information, though. Which is, and this is the conversation we yeah, were it having. Is. Right? It and is he, new information. He had a better XG against Liverpool. He had a better XG against Liverpool. Yeah, but we spoke about this, and people did not like this last week, that you said Salah was better after AFCON. Richie, and because the stats were better... But the output wasn't better. And look at all those people that did better at the end of the year. Goals is still a stat. People just want to pick the one that suits what they want to say. But we didn't know whether Haaland was going to take to this league like we thought. And he has taken to this league after one game. And he's... He put up a a very impressive XG against the best defence or face all year. I don't think having to then face West Ham proved anything that facing Liverpool didn't prove. But what it did prove was that the people that went came who should have had a lovely haul against Southampton when they scored four goals, didn't have that. And they had to watch Haaland play that game yeah. and think, oh I'll, my I'll goodness, he's going to I'll give you opposition. that. If, if you told me that Man City were winning 2-0 and Tottenham were winning 4-1 and that's the only information I had, I'd go Kane. I'll give you that. That That's pretty unfortunate, right? He, I, I, he had like 0.1 XG in a 4-1 win, which is just not Kane. Yeah. I think... I think one of the one of the things about whether you've got Kane and then you want to get Haaland in um, is about Salah, whether you feel comfortable captaining Salah. And there's two schools of thought. I don't know whether it's people who are not captaining or going to captain him, but people keep saying the stat that he doesn't score in game week two. How is that? That's like an old wives tale. He doesn't score on a Tuesday afternoon or something. It, it's just, but, but he does also 
people can say he he has scored loads of points against Palace. He can't stop scoring against Palace. Mm-hmm. So which side I mean, do you take? The the answer is people take the side they want to take. They want to captain Salah, so they'll take those stats against Palace. They don't want a captain Salah because they've got Holland. They're going to take those game week two stats, which is like he hasn't scored against a goalkeeper with an X in his name or something. It's just, I don't know. I might just captain the player that Andy doesn't want me to captain. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've yeah. got you, you've got that going. I personally think if you're going to go Kane, stick with it. So, so stick yeah, with so, it. And like I said, you know, both of you have said you would stick with Kane, which if, I, if I, I understand a, that. My, but it's my telling that I is, didn't. But it's telling but Kane, that I didn't. They can win 4-0, 4-1, like they did at the weekend. They've got those attacking players now. That all of them, Man City so, just look so, like it's just so all can, about so, Holland. But so can I. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I don't think the conclusion is City will never score a goal that Haaland isn't involved in. No, or and I didn't we'll never say win, that, did I? We'll never win 4-1 and Haaland won't be involved. The like, last time they we were had 100% a good striker at City, it was Aguero yeah. and Aguero killed the league. And, and they were def- can... how now look, oh, look apart okay. from, you know do you remember when Jesus was like the sort of deputy striker and that was that I I remember a season where I had Aguero and Jesus in the same team because it was a pain because they get rotated and you wouldn't know which one would actually be the one getting the chances in a match obviously Haaland doesn't have God damn it Haaland doesn't have that um, <laughs> doesn't 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 have that you know deputy I guess we'll see how um Alvarez, who did sub in for him you know maybe plays later in the season but why you can actually say um Hoyland is a must-have. Holland. And fine, I'll what? take <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> undermining my um, argument so bad. Do you, do you know what Historia Films we in will... the live chat just pointed out that, <laughs> that Holland has never scored against Bournemouth in his entire career? Oh, well, there you go. So there we you, go. So you can absolutely say that uh Hoyland is is a must-have. And to be fair, like I you know, I basically agree it's him or Kane. And if you don't want Kane, get him fine. It's the reasoning of like, you know, you're saying. Man City will never score four goals and he could, you know, he couldn't possibly not be involved. Well, of course that could happen. A striker who was basically as good just did that. And so, like, right. City have just look, as good attacking options as look, Spurs. We, so, we, we've all been playing FPL a long time. People in the live chat have been playing a long time. How many times have you made a decision where you've swapped out a player and then they go and punish you the next week? Kane is against Chelsea. It's a great track as well. record. And it can go the other way as well. Haaland could play absolutely amazing. He could miss a penalty. You never know, uh, even even though he's got got a thunderbolt rocket and a penalty but nevertheless he could do and uh um and then he you go away you go away with a, a, you know a terrible situation there because you've actively swapped out Kane who has a great game week 3 and great series of fixtures coming up for Holland. So that's why I just think you should stick with your decision. I think I think Prance and the burning questions was exactly right. If you've made a decision, stick with it and uh and it's a good player. We're not saying I'm going to stick with the decision to get a really rubbish player. Kane's a great player. He's been a great player for years. He's brilliant. So, so because, I want to have some, because I want oh. to have something to refer back to when this goes horribly wrong and everyone calls me an idiot. For me, it's about what the decision you made in preseason and if you have any new information. Now, yeah. I don't think we do have new information no. and therefore trust your original decision or you're examining why you made that decision and you think it's wrong. Fine. If I owned Kane today, I wouldn't make the transfer because it's minus four. If I had Kane at the weekend, I would make the transfer. If I could do it for free, I would do Kane oh, and not spend 0.5 either. I would do Kane to Holland because that would have Very been good. my plan. If I started with Kane, that would have been my plan. Well, 
let's let's move on. Let's yeah, move on. I tell you what, if if I was no, if let's, I was let's go again. Media, if I was a social media guru, there's so many bits of that conversation I'll clip out, especially yeah, all the mad pronunciations. Yeah. Um, but we not, have another. We, is it not pronunciation? <laughs> By the way, yeah, it is. Yeah. Pronouncing. Yeah. You're actually pronouncing. That is that is that is beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. <laughs> right. Uh, so I've got a new uh, <laughs> slide up on the screen, which Yay! is um, the the XG for um, every team in the league this this uh, yeah. first game week. Obviously, we know this is just one game week. Yes. But this is the but, data we've got. So, so, so Joe, talk us through the I've, XG of all the teams. Now I've highlighted in blue the interesting ones. Mm. Um, top of this is City and Manchester City. Chelsea are high up, Tottenham are high up, uh, Liverpool a uh, little bit lower, but still, you know, in the top bit. Um, they're not, they're not any surprises there. We expect them to do well. Everyone was going about Wolves. Wolves can't attack. Well, hang on a minute. They're the second, got the expect, second expected goals uh, for the week, just behind City. Only Manchester City with the mighty Haaland um, are better in game week one in the attacking side in terms of expected goals and Wolves. Then Newcastle, and I find Newcastle interesting. Everyone, I don't know if everyone's forgotten that Newcastle are owned by zillionaires and they will gradually buy whoever they want. And like Manchester City did, they started off like getting the, you know, your Craig Bellamy's and your Stephen Islands of this world or whatever. And, th and then they gradually build up and build up. And now they're the mighty unit they are and they have been for the last few years. Well, Newcastle are the sort of the start of that. Um, and they have good players at the moment. And you're already starting to see how attacking they are. And I think everyone on all the sort of fixture difficulties, I think we might have to reassess Newcastle a bit, which is a worry for me as a Brighton fan because we play them next. Um, but nevertheless, they scored a couple of goals. Um, and I think they could be definitely one to watch. I think a Newcastle attacking asset somewhere um, could be quite useful. So that's um, something if I were to wildcard, I would consider. Um, Brighton, Manchester City, aren't they awful? Forget that narrative. It is Brighton are brilliant. 1.5 expected goals. Only City, Wolves, Newcastle, Chelsea and Tottenham have a better expected goals for them in game week one. Um, uh, yeah, Brighton are good. Um, you know, Welbeck's come, if he can stay fit, which he won't, but he's come back really, really in good shape. Um, they've got so uh, when I was at Fest on um, Friday, people were coming up to me as if my team had died. They were saying, are you all right? Are you? And I thought they were referring to my stroke or something. But they were going, are you all right? I, how, you know, Brighton of Sol Basuma, Kukurea. I mean, are, are you OK? You know, and, and I was just thinking, no, because we've got Graham Potter. We've got a system based team. Whoever's gone out, we've got someone to come in immediately. We've got Consado uh, for Basuma. And, we, and it, we've got the likes of Pascal Gross can play everywhere. Um, so I'm not I wasn't bothered at all. And when I was saying, oh, I think we will finish like 12th or something, 10th, people look at me like I was insane or something. Um, but anyway, stats don't lie. They're doing well. <laughs> and Fulham, um, Mitrovic, maybe we should have just got him from the off because we're all going to want him soon. And uh, those that have already got him are already up on everyone else. Um, so 1.25 for expected goals for Fulham there. They were the ones I really highlighted in terms of attacking teams, I want to watch out for if I were to wildcard now, but I certainly, when I wildcard in a few weeks, um, and I'd be interested in some of those players from those teams there. But I don't know about you two, whether you'd gleaned anything from the attacking team stats or any of those teams I've mentioned. I know, I know for me, the Brighton one stands out, not just because of Brighton, but because of United. I, I think 
we no, it was just here we go. Here's the narrative. Yeah, the rubbish. We know they're rubbish for ages. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to say. Is that it's carrying <laughs> on? Is that we can target United still? That game week three when Salah's against him, and we're looking at captaincy mm. choices. There's no reason not to go with someone like Salah again. Unfortunately, um, Brighton were very good. Like you said already, they're a system team. They completely suffocated United and. So many chances fell because of the mistakes that they were making United make and there was such a massive gap behind United and I think that's going to carry on. I think they're going to be conceding XG all over the place all season, unfortunately, until that gets sorted out. So I think that's a big thing to mention there. Um, Fulham, I thought, were great against Liverpool. I thought it was really good, actually, that everybody was high on Forest and it was Fulham that drew against Liverpool and it was... um, Who were the other team that did really well? The other promoted team. can't remember who it is now. God. Bournemouth. Bournemouth, and of course, Bournemouth. Beat, I, that uh, was Villa, Villa as well. being bad, wasn't it as well? Yeah. It was, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Gerard being out tacticked by Parker, wasn't it? But yeah, I think um, obviously this is only one week in. City being up the top there says a lot, obviously. But um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Some of those promoted teams did quite mm. well actually, and that Fulham carried on being the attacking team we've seen them be in the championship. Mm. And Andreas Pereira looked very, very good. Mitrovic yeah. looked very good. He was targeting the right players. Targeted Trent Alexander-Arnold for headers and things, didn't he? So. Mm. Yeah, I, I I think it's quite interesting to look at those just after one week. Yeah, I mean, so, but, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say Bournemouth two goals, expected goals 0.5, half a goal. Yeah. So that that says it. I think we we may start seeing that, and it'll it'll go down basically. Bournemouth not a good attacking side. I was just going to throw in there as well that I think own goals aren't counted in this. So obviously, again, over a season, smooths out nicely when we're looking at single matches. Uh, for example, Leeds, 0.8. I think we're actually more like one point something because obviously yeah, Aronson's goal went down as an own goal. And there was a few others this weekend, weren't there as well? So yeah. just keep that in mind when looking at this. Yeah. Cool. Lovely stuff. Joe, is there anything else you want to talk about? On well, this yeah. I mean, um, in terms, um, do, 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 if anyone hasn't seen the captaincy video uh, or listened to the podcast, do that because we look more at the worst defences on that. So I didn't want to repeat that. Just go and have a look at that video, and the, and I've time stamped it as well. There's a, a section on sort of worst defences um, there, so that will help. You know, you know, something to monitor as <clears throat> as the season goes on um, yeah. in terms of those defences to target. But I thought in terms of attacking teams, uh, right rooted to the bottom with no goals um, and expected goals of of barely a quarter of a goal is uh, Nottingham Forest. Um, that may continue. So that'll be interesting. I'll be looking at that because I know a lot of people were eyeing up um, players like Lingard or, uh, or or Johnson or whoever, you know, just, just mm. getting, getting uh, one of those players in, but I'm, I'm holding fire at the moment. So if I were to hold cut, I certainly wouldn't have any Nottingham Forest players in. Uh, so yeah, that's just, just wanted to, wanted to add there. I've, I've said it for a while as well. St. James's Park, not somewhere where you want to be targeting players because even yeah. if Newcastle were playing a good team, I think they're very, very good defensively at home. And obviously, yeah. Forrest played at St. James's Park this week, didn't they? Um, right, moving on to my section now. Mm. Uh, and this is going to be a popular one, hopefully. Uh, and this is well-owned flops. So these are players that were very, very highly owned going into the first game week and then didn't do anything for us. Now, don't get me wrong, there's so many narratives that go with this and it's only one week and things like that. But these are the players that people are going to start ditching very quickly. We can already see Kane's gone down. Um, uh, and these are players that people are going to be ditching. And what we want to do is just have a look at these players and decide between us, should we be ditching them or shouldn't we? Most of the time, it's just going to be a flat no. As Seb will tell us over and over again today, <laughs> there is no new information uh, because we've only had one game week. But 
people are moving very, very quickly. They always do in the first couple of weeks because that's when you've got the most engaged managers. So we've got millions of people making moves at the moment and they won't care how many hits they take. They will just be taking players out if they blank in the first week. So we've got Neto at the top, then we've got Bailey. Uh, and these, by the way, are ordered in their XG involvement. So Neto was top, uh, Bailey was second, then we got Kane, then uh, Jesus, Diaz, Andreas Pereira uh, was next, and then Neko Williams, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Cash and Perisic. Now, I have highlighted Kane, Jesus and Perisic uh, because, for me, I thought they were the kind of real high-profile players that could get moved out, especially as cash cows as well with with Kane there, with, with talk about Haaland, but we've already talked about that already. Um, Neto and Bailey, Joe, if I just talk to you about those two quickly, because pretty much everybody had one of them in their team, didn't they? They both got nice fixtures this week. There's no reason to move on from them yet, is there? No, no. I mean, I, and there's, there's. Uh, if people wanted to ditch, you know, they can come up with a good argument for that. If they wanted to keep them, they could come up with a good argue, argument. Neto, eye test-wise, wow, he looks great. Um, but we've known that. That's not a big surprise there. So we know Neto is a skillful player. He's had a couple of shots inside the box. Um, and so in terms of expecting goal involvement, he's the best of these flops and and that is um so it's filtered by most owned but no returns so that ranges from around 73 percent or so for jesus and i think netto is about 17 percent. so it's, it's between that really but these are the top ones that didn't do anything um bailey as well so people um talking about bailey he didn't particularly pass the eye test in one game but he has done in pre-season and villa didn't particularly pass the eye test mm. so um they've arguably got a better fixture against Everton. Everton are away, I believe, um, that fixture. Yeah, so it's Villa at home, Everton away. Everton, chalk and cheese, home and away, one of those teams. Um, not all the time, and that may change, but Everton are great at home and less so on the road. Um, so I don't have any problems there. Also, this this time last season, Bailey came on, I think I said it earlier, they came on, 20-minute 20, 20 cameo, um, and just completely turned the game around. and uh, was amazing. Yeah. Um, against Everton so I would certainly if you own him I would certainly play him I think it's a good fixture I think after these two fixtures we're a little bit closer to knowing whether we can dump him um, and yes he's heads on the chopping block and my favourite Dewsbury Hall <laughs> is ready and waiting to come in and game week three let's have a better fixture um, I I mean that's the move I've got in my head because I'm going to have two moves in game week three I think that's the one I'll probably do how boring is that um, but <laughs> Bailey, Bailey to Dewsbury Hall and then save the transfer into game week four. Um, that's what I'd like to do. But Mason Mount may change my mind. There might be something coming out about injury. Yeah. I don't know there, uh, if, if there's an injury or something like that, then obviously I'll change my mind. But yeah. I think for those two, if you've got to keep, have we only yeah. had one game and, the, and they've both been good in preseason. So, you know, stick with that. You know, think think of game week one as just an extension more of, of, of all the information we've already got. It just adds to the mix. Yeah. One thing, also, one thing to add with Neto is they've just signed Gwedish, um, mm-hmm. who obviously plays. Well, he can play in a number of positions, primarily from the left. Has played on the right. Can play like from the front. I'm not saying Neto is going to get dropped, but obviously that does reduce some minutes because you assume that signing is going to go into the team. It's probably Podence or similar who has their uh, their minutes limited more. And then when Himnes comes back in, obviously the team changes again. Maybe Huang drops out. Uh, but yeah, just wanted to add add that into that. Uh, also worth mentioning as well, Bailey played 90 minutes. Wasn't expecting him to play 90 minutes. So that, mm. that's a big thing for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, fu- the funny one with Bailey is like, yeah, talking about, you know, oh, we learned nothing from game week one or, or did we? Like Villa weren't very good and you'd want to see them turn that around before I, I would go back on myself and say, okay, we learned something now. Yeah. 
Bailey did get 90 minutes, which is encouraging, but like got 90 minutes when they were terrible. So it's like, oh, which way do I read that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, right, Seb, moving on to Jesus, because we're not going to talk about Kane again, because I don't want you to get hot under the collar all over again. But Jesus up next, because um, I'm just going to go through these highlighted ones quickly. Um, I thought he looked great. 40, first 45 minutes, I thought he looked absolutely brilliant. It, he almost looked a bit too forward on in terms of thinking than the rest of the Arsenal team. Almost like he's been playing with those, you know, playing with KDB, basically. Was you know, it, he's been... I forget, was it someone on Match of the Day? It might have been maybe Ian Wright or something who said he looked like a Man City player playing for Arsenal. Yeah, and that's, that's not exactly even disparaging it. to Arsenal. It was no. just he looked like he'd been playing with KDB for however many years. Yeah. And he looked great. So second 45, I thought Arsenal looked a bit nervier, but first 45 looked brilliant. The, the worry about Jesus is that obviously he was the most owned player going into game week one. That price drop is going to be coming sooner if people start, you know, especially if he doesn't do anything this week. But for me, I saw enough in that game to say that he, he's definitely worth keeping. I mean, the fixtures are beautiful as well. Yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? The price change mechanic because it brings this non-football element into our thinking mm. where, you know, it doesn't matter how well you're assessing football, you can't afford a player because you didn't look at price changes. It doesn't matter. Which is interesting because, yeah, I would say I have no interest at all in getting rid of Jesus, like none, especially with, you know, worries over other players when Europe comes around. But if he goes and drops to 7.7 million or something, by the time I want that money, yeah, maybe I'd rather avoid that. So I'd rather he scored next week and we don't need to worry about it. But I mean, if he did drop by that amount, that would be because over a number of weeks, probably another two or three, he hasn't done anything. And so game week three, he's got Bournemouth and then Fulham then uh, Aston Villa and then Manchester United. So, I mean, if he hasn't scored by the end of the Fulham match, I would say I, he's gone for me. He, I, think, I can't, I can't so afford to hang around. That's, 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 that's a really good point. Um, I guess the one thing that would obviously save it a bit for me is if, you know, he hasn't scored, but other things look all right, obviously underlying yeah. my desk, whatever. Yeah. I guess the only other scenario is, okay, he gets one goal in there somewhere. But your Nunes gets your hat-trick, you know, Kane and Holland both score, whatever it is, you know, Mitrovic keeps scoring. There could still be a scenario where, which I think is Andy's point, he's so highly owned that he doesn't even need to do that badly for a number of people to take him out. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Joe, last one, Perisic, that I've got highlighted here. Yeah. Obviously, a few of us heard the news that he might not be starting, so took him out. I know, you know, one of our content creators has kept him in there just in case. Um, if you had him in there at the moment, you know, 5.5 million for a player that didn't start. And as you've already alluded to, they, they've signed another fullback uh, and he loves his fullbacks and he loves that rotation. Sessegnon played a blinder as well. He played really, really well. Mm. Would you be looking at Perisic in your team and thinking, he's a danger. I need to be thinking about getting rid of him soon. Well, I mean, one of the reasons I didn't start with him <laughs> because I can, you know, I can, I can guarantee the minutes. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I mean, we've seen that in game week one. I think he is, the top choice, the favoured one, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's the one that's going to start or get more minutes. He might be favoured in terms of I'll save him for that tough game, I'll save him for that ch- for that game in Europe, mm. um, because he's got so much choice um, in those positions, and also those players can't. They're the ones we got five subs. They're the ones that are going to come off, which is perversely great because they might come off before Spurs concede, mm-hmm. um, which is which is one of the fabulous things in in fpl is when you have that player you get you bank the clean sheet 
and everyone else who owns all the other defenders from that team, you know, they they uh, they they lose the clean sheet. And so that that's what what you would like. So if I if I started with Perisic, I would definitely keep him because he will get minutes. He's the favoured one, but I don't think he's going to start every game. I don't think he's going to get the minutes, but I think he's also going to look awesome. So when you watch the highlights, when you watch the games live, um, you're going to come away from that going, wow, Perisic is amazing. Um, and he's going to, and that's going to influence people. Um, but uh, for me, it's a, it's a wait and see. I'm, I'm a, I'm a game or two away and I may not never, I may never get a Spurs defender in <laughs> because I may never know which one will actually yeah. play. Eric <laughs> um, um, <laughs> while Perisic may be amazing, he may be the best defender they've got. I, you know, you obviously, you know, you can't get points if you're not on the pitch. Yeah. Andy, right. I just wanted to mention one yes. thing on the price changes, if I may. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. talking about Jesus and a possible price fall because he's highly owned. I think, obviously, they can change it, so please do verify this with anyone who may know. But I think price drops work on a percentage basis and price mm-hmm. rises work on like an absolute number, which then increases during the week for subsequent rises. So Jesus, obviously, is highly owned, but he has to have a lot more transfers out to drop than, say, someone who is lowly owned because it works on a percentage basis. So we may get a little more leeway than what we maybe inferred a second ago. Lovely stuff. Right. Seb, we're going to go on to your section now, which is all about Manchester City, because, uh, you know, they're obviously best team in the league, arguably, aren't they? And um, we're starting to think about what assets we want to get into our teams because they've got Bournemouth at home next week. So on the screen now, I've got their average positions uh, based on um, this, this game week that we've just had. So talk us through it a little bit. Sure. So we have, this is from the scout members area, the average positions of each City player in the match from the weekend. Green are the starters and yellow are the subs. This is obviously going from, say, north to south, I guess. Edison is at the top, number 31. Uh, and what we can see, really, firstly, is that shape is basically a 2-3-5. There's some sort of WM comeback here. And I'll point out, firstly, Walker and Cancelo, number two and number seven, respectively are so narrow, they're effectively forming a box with the two centre-backs, with Rodri in between them. Rodri, by the way, was brilliant. He makes this this shape work. And what we're seeing at the moment is almost a return to that Bayern Munich or early City days, Pep Guardiola, where he had his inverted full-backs uh, who were coming inside and almost playing as like DMs. A few tweaks to that, I guess, uh, in the City system is... Cancelo and Gundogan are almost interchanging positions at times and certainly interplaying with one another. And an awful lot of their play is going down that left between, say, an Ake, Rodri, Cancelo, Gundogan, and then Jack Grealish as well, who is sitting a little narrower than Foden, but we'll get on to them in a moment. And just to highlight that, the touches of the ball in that match, which I think is defined as passes received, by the way, so a dribble doesn't count as like five touches. Uh, Grealish got 77. Foden got 71, Cancelo got 129, Gundogan got 69, but Bernardo then got 20. He came on for him in the 70th minute, something like that. Uh, KDB got 73, uh, and he was only sub late on, and Walker got 99. Now, obviously there, the two fullbacks in Walker and Cancelo lead that quite healthily. Gundogan got a fair few more than KDB, who we can see as well, I think, from this graphic here. Um, Yeah, it highlights it all right. Uh, KDB is almost forming more of that front line, that front four or five, than Gundogan is. KDB, if you look at his individual heat maps, he does prefer that right-hand side, but he pops up on the left as well. And what he's looking for is those channels and half spaces, as you can see, between, say, a Foden and a Haaland and the centre-back. 
what then Grealish and Foden are doing are spreading wide. They can come inside absolutely. Foden still put up some decent-ish numbers, which we'll look at in a second. But they're spreading wide. I think there's that famous thing where Henri talks about Pep telling him to hug the touchline at Barcelona. And he scored a goal, but because he wasn't doing that, Pep subbed him off. I wonder if there's a bit of that happening here. What that means is the two eights in Gundogan and De Bruyne can come in and fill that gap and support Poland. And then what we're seeing is that goal, that goal that De Bruyne played all the way through to Holland. Both of you pointed that out, where that's just undefendable, right? The the front four or five are pinning a defence back, but you've got to step up a bit. Otherwise, you know, they'll just play through you and get right in on your goal. But then that leaves that space for Holland. Centre-backs don't know who to mark. There's two centre-backs versus effectively Gundogan, De Bruyne and Holland. And then these two wide players pinning your full-backs back. And then the, um, and this is John McKenzie on Twitter notice, this not me, so I'll credit him there. The two fullbacks come in, coming inside are then also pinning the midfielders and causing them to stay narrow on the opposition this is and not be able to help out in that line. So it's all focused towards forcing this ball, as you both mentioned, to Holland in goal scoring situations. The knock-ons for us from an FPL sense are, yeah, Holland's brilliant, cool, go for it. De Bruyne, if he was cheaper, I'd be so interested. He's so far forward. Even if he starts deep, he comes forward. Maybe Gundogan could be real interesting at a nicer price, especially if Bernardo leaves. Bernardo came on and did that same job as Gundogan. Yes, we love Cancelo, but this isn't the wing-back Cancelo. This is, you know, mm. deep-lying playmaker Cancelo. If he switches to the right, if they sign a left-back, ironically, Zinchenko would have been perfect for this on the left. Um, but if they do sign someone who can play there, Cancelo is better at this on the right. He will come forward more. But he was thoroughly brilliant in a non-FBL sense. Uh, and then, yeah, Walker, decent enough in this. I'm happy with his minutes, but there's no real attacking threat there. And then, yeah, Foden and Grealish. I thought Grealish, decent. If you'd like to move on to the numbers as well, just to highlight this. I'm just wondering, did, did, we, oh, yeah, please. Know, did we know this before? Like, Community Shield yeah. played. Did we know this before? Like, did we know this after Community Shield? I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe, you said yes. Yeah, this. I'm just yeah, this wondering was, if this is new, com, you know, I don't, new information. No, no, oh, this, you this, get nice, nice, nice. No, nice. this was mentioned because there, there was there was talk of it. Um, I've seen quite a bit of talk on Twitter of that, not just from the Community Shield, but before just from their training and what we what little we saw. Um, but there was that definite move when it, it was essentially, I think it was Grealish and well, then in preseason Mares. So when they played wider then Cancelo and Walker would come in. And then when, also they were doing it so that when Grealish and Mares came in, Cancelo and uh, Walker were going on the outside. So that's what they were looking at there. So I guess this is slightly different in terms, but that could have been just a one-off against uh, West Ham. Oh, I mean, but, but there's, there is there's also plenty there. of rotation in this, you know, obviously as well, Pep, you know, he has extremely intelligent quality players yeah. and it isn't something where you have to stand in a certain position, as shown with Cancelo yes. and Gundogan. Yeah. There is rotation in it's very there, flexible. So, yeah, we can my, see my, what you're saying. I guess well. I guess that's not new. We knew that they were they were going to be flexible and Cancelo can play in a variety of roles. So I guess the question from this is is Cancelo worth that extra money over, say, Walker or Ake? I think like for now, for me, yes, because he's pretty nailed. We know he has that att- attacking pedigree. Yeah. And even in this position, it's not like he isn't going to get some attacking returns. But let's give it a little while and let's see if this sticks, which, you know, if they go and sign a different type of left back, maybe it doesn't stick. I wonder if you might get more utility out of that 1.52 million elsewhere if he starts dropping off a little bit from an FPL attacking sense. Now, we're going to bring up some stats now. My big question from this, from looking at all these positions and everything, is 
based on who we want that third Man City asset to be. So do we want it to be one of those wide forwards? Do we want it to be a Foden or a Grealish? Or do we want it to be a, a Gundogan, basically? Or a KDB, if you can you know, stretch to that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to bring up the analysis now uh, and the, the stats from the weekend and the XGI from the teams and the XGI non-penalty as well. Haaland's obviously up there. He's he's top. He's, um, you know, which just ridiculous at the weekend, wasn't he? But we've, Seb, if you talk us through the, the stats for some of the other people, don't worry too much about the ones at the bottom, like Rodri, Ake, Walker, <laughs> sure. whatever. But, yeah, um, I don't think anyone's picking Rodri. <laughs> no. Haaland, Grealish, De Bruyne, Foden, Gundogan are probably the ones that are most interesting. So we have had a few chats about um, Alvarez in the chat as well. So maybe touch on him a bit. Sure. So uh, just we have on screen now, but for people listening, I'll run through it quickly. Holland had um, XGI of 1.74, although without the penalty, that's 0.87. Uh, Grealish, uh, sorry, 0.87 non, uh, non-pen XG, not non-pen XGI. Uh, Grealish had 0.66, so he's second. Then De Bruyne on 0.47, Foden on 0.33, and Gundogan on 0.28. Alvarez does sneak in with 0.08, and Cancelo is just behind him as well, maybe to show a bit of a drop-off there. I think the interesting things here, as you've helpfully highlighted, is, yeah, Poland is brilliant. Get him. We know this. Great. Dan Grealish, you know, again, he's up there. Last season, he came second, third for XA per 90, but never really turned it into points, which isn't maybe his fault. If he gets the minutes, he should get the numbers. But if they aren't going to turn into FPL returns, fair enough, I'm going to be shouting into the wind. De Bruyne is still good. We know this, but I think probably too expensive, unfortunately, for our teams. Foden, then, I think the worry would be, oh, no, is he pushing wide? Is he going to stay too wide? Is he not going to be involved? Especially on the right-hand side, he's got that left foot. He will want to come in. And this is where it reminds me, I put in the notes Liverpool, of almost that Salah thing, where just because he starts wide, that doesn't mean that's where he's going to end up. You know, if anything, you think of your honorees or whatever, and you pull outside and then come inside. It's not the same thing happening here, but a player standing on the touchline until a move hits into place or until they get the ball is fine. It's where they end up that we care about. So Foden, and I believe most of this came from assists, not goal, uh, XG for the for the record as well. So he's creating rather maybe than shooting, but it's one match, who knows? I don't think we write him off yet. The one that would interest me is that second date alongside De Bruyne, because whether it's Bernardo, whether it's Gundogan, whether it's someone else, they're going to be cheaper and they might be putting up not too shabby numbers. You know, we saw, was it two years ago? Gundogan just always in the box. Mm. If he's doing that again in that lovely combination with Cancelo, which we saw two years ago, I'd be pretty interested. And the last thing I have on that just to talk about is that um, with those players, Gundogan got a slightly more touches in this match than he got last year per 90. Again, one match, so massive grain of salt. Foden had 71, as I mentioned, but he had 50 per 90 last year. Now, massive grain of salt, but it's an uptick. Walker, just to highlight the uh, the fullbacks, even we know Cancelo's involved, but Walker had 99, whereas he averaged 90 last year. Now, only 10%, one match, but I think it just really hammers home that things have changed and players are going to be playing differently, getting different numbers of touches. But if they can still put up the numbers that we see here over a few matches, that's really the bit to pay attention to, I think. See, Foden, for me, like, I, I'm now not worried about his minutes. I think he's going to get enough minutes to warrant owning him. Yeah. And the, I even, I actually love the fact he played right wing because he normally plays left. Right wing means I want to play you no matter where I'm going to play you. And I'm quite happy with your versatility to play anyway. You know, I don't think it helps the team that much that he has to cut in. You know, he, he's not that natural right winger. So maybe that width is what they're looking for. And he's going to keep cutting in just like Grealish would be doing as well. 
But I'm not worried about that. My worry is that, like we've just said, is he becoming less effective because we've got Haaland, who's that focal point in the middle, and obviously those wingers are, are having to create that width, and it's it's not getting as involved or in the box as much as we want to. And like you said, his XG was zero. You know, there, there was no none of those shots inside the box, none of those shots outside the box. I, I mean, the big thing here, week. of course, is... Oh, so, yep, you've nailed it. The big thing here is it's one week. And yeah. so I've just gone into detail about new information that's not new, whatever. Nicely played. Um, no. But, you know, what we're trying to do basically here is we're trying to get ahead of the numbers, which is, you know, dodgy thing to do by looking at how a team is setting up and seeing how that might change the numbers. But what we really need here is we need a few weeks, weeks of information to test out our theories. Yeah. And just very quickly as well, and Joe, I'm going to ask you a question before we move off this as well. Um, they've obviously got Bournemouth this week. For me, whoever plays that right wing slot is going to get a lot of joy because you've got Zamora playing left back. He's, ne- he's a great player. He's never, ever played in the Premier League before against elite players like this. He is most probably going to have Solanke ahead of him um, because Kiefer Moore's been playing up front. That t- Tavernier is playing um, just just behind and Solanke's been playing in midfield. I feel like that right wing slot could have a lot of joy. But even then, it's all about Haaland. That's the problem. And I just, it's it's tough. Obviously, my move that I've been thinking about doing is Kulu to Foden. That, that's the big thing I wanted to do. And based on no new information whatsoever, I'm thinking about rolling with Kulusevsky yeah. now because I'm looking at Foden I'm thinking it's not inspiring me to go to him at the moment even after one game week but I, yeah I mean Joe if we go on to quick question before we move off this because then we want to look at um, the community team um, assuming most people own Cancelo and Haaland now who hmm. would be your third Man City asset if you had to get a third Cu- Man currently, City asset currently in? at the moment um, I would go for another defender at the moment yeah. Because I think if 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 I was that I that why why I haven't got three I've only got the two is because I I think as, as Seb was saying we we don't know yet who that third one is but at the moment I think for safety for getting points for getting six seven maybe eight points with a bit of bonus um, yeah the likes of say Walker or Diaz or Edison just to get that extra clean sheet in. Uh, and double up there that's why we do at the moment but yes i would be looking at whoever is going to be most likely to supply warland um so yeah to be honest it's the same as it ever was with me and city i've always wanted when they've had a striker basically aguero uh even before that um i've always wanted their main man that who's their striker and i've always wanted a defender and i've always been unsure who to get in midfield and but i've got De Bruyne in if I could afford him but that, he's unaffordable at the moment yeah yeah so um he's out of the equation so so it's the same as it ever was and I I may never get any man City. I may never know it may be not be game week 38 when I inevitably get Mara's in for a yeah. final day flourish but um I may never know and I may never get that so yeah I think I would go with that Gundogan would be the one I want to get because he's nicely priced and he's got a pedigree of doing well but I don't know yet I don't know. I've yeah. got enough information. Seb, really quickly then, same to you. If you had Mount in your team and you weren't very happy about it and you wanted to make that switch, but d- d- don't worry about the details if you wouldn't switch him. But if you had someone like that or Diaz or whoever and you wanted to move to a City midfielder this week, who would you move to? That question, Foden. Foden, cool. So if it was Kulusevski, you'd swap to Foden. Got it, right. 
Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Um, right, community team. Now, Seb, you took over the community team from me, and yeah. you did an absolutely amazing job. Absolutely smashed it. Um, oh, and the community is. team was set. Um, I thought I had the points on here. Actually, I can't remember how many points it got in the end. Um, Seventy-two. 72 smashed it so um 72 points do let us know in the chat if you beat the community team this week because obviously that's what it's all about where is it in the table at the moment it's 135th so 134 people did indeed beat it which includes me and you andy sorry joe it does indeed 66.6 percent of this stream beat yeah. the community team this week uh, but yeah let us know in the chat if you've done it what we need to briefly talk about now and it is going to be brief every week is what moves are we going to be making Cool. So uh, I will, what we'll do is we'll put, you know, the polls out on Twitter like we normally do, but this week might be simple. I asked for nominations for transfers so we could discuss them. The overwhelming reply was just roll it. Yeah. We did have a few suggestions. Uh, Klops and Robos, which is a great name, uh, <laughs> said Bailey to KDH. So maybe thinking yeah. where you are, Joe, but in a few yeah, weeks. That's something I'm thinking, but not this week, yep. but it's for game week three or four, definitely. A few people were also a fan of Bailey out, but just said Bailey out. Uh, we did have Running Man Gray suggest a Robbo to Diaz and Jesus to Nunes for a minus four. Mm. And then a few <laughs> people mention Saka to Foden as well, which I think we've discussed tonight. But I may not even put a poll up for this one because so many people said roll. Yeah. I think we'd all go with roll, right? Is there anything yeah. you'd change there? I think I think we still have to put a poll up though. Because that's the whole point. Okay. I think we've yeah. we've got to put the poll up and put roll up and then just put two other moves, or whatever. But I think it's important to still put the poll up. I think I think I think this is going to really uh, spark interest. Game week three, and it's just one of those weeks where game week two is just roll is the most sensible thing. It's a good team. It's a good team. It's the template team. Yeah, as it should be. There are a few issues that that might become weak links, but it's removing the weak yeah. links of Bailey could be. The, um, the interesting one is Ward the Everson cheap is, midfielders and the yeah. and the goalkeepers. I think could yeah. be interesting well, in the future. I think Ward Everson is not a goalkeeping combination I would be comfortable with. Um, I mean, I personally got Ward Sanchez, so yeah. I'm happy to play Sanchez, and their 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 fixtures um, are, are very nice. So if you wanted to still go cheap, you can go for that. Um, but I would probably perhaps look to get maybe Ramsdale in um, down the line, and yeah, Bailey to. Um, sure. to Hall. But <laughs> the chat are overwhelmingly saying roll yeah. as well. Roll the transfer, roll it, roll it, roll it. Interesting, roll you it. mentioned Ward and Sanchez rotating really nicely because it was the other way round. They got their points this week. Wasn't well, it? that yes. that's, that is the way. <laughs> if you if you are playing rotating goalkeepers, yeah. you got to suck that up. I'm don't not gonna it. I'm not gonna complain. It always oh. happens. So but I will. I, in, oh, sorry, I want Jeff. I want my bench players, who the ones that are, even if they get rotated on the bench. I want them to do well because then they're going to retain their value. And then when I play them, hopefully they're going to continue doing well. Um, so I'm very happy to play Sanchez this week, for example. And I think I think he's in the scout picks as well. Yeah. So um, mentioning that, we will, obviously we've got Warden Evers in here, but we will, we'll put up a poll then for the transfer. Um, I was trying to get out of that one, but yes, fair yeah. enough, Andy. We will, however, also put up polls for captaincy and our little bench order, which will include any... Any lineup changes, I'll work out a way to do that neatly. Yeah. Uh, but they will go out over the course of the rest of the week. Lovely stuff. Yeah, I, th I think it's a good idea to still do the poll because then obviously the whole point is the community is picking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that makes no, sense. I, so, yeah. I was just preempting the poll, but you're absolutely right. I was yeah, just next week will be work. interesting. There'll be a hell of a lot of choices people will go with. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and rolling, that's good. Rolling, that's, rolling, that's exactly what we want. Yeah, we got a lot of limp biscuit in the, uh, in the chat. Right. Yeah. Um, looking at my bus team. So I am 
Uh, looking fairly good, I think, for next week. I've got Ward in goal. I've got uh, Alexander-Arnold, Cancelo, Robertson, James in defence. I've got Salah. Salah is captain on this, but actually it will be Haaland as my captain. Uh, Martinelli, Bailey, Kulusevski. And then I've got Haaland and Jesus up top. Um, basically, I'm either rolling or I'm doing Kulusevski to Foden. And as the week's gone on, I've been more inclined to, oh. to hold the transfer because I will have... Kulusevski with two lovely fixtures in game week three and four, and I'll have two free transfers for game week three. Wow. So for me, uh, I think I think rolling makes a lot of sense. I know well, we've had the discussion today, Seb, but... I'm, you know. I'm just itching to attack this team. Um. Really? <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah, you can't believe it, can you? That's basically, no. basically yeah, this is a work team. of art. The Mona Lisa, how can he graffiti that? Um, yeah, yeah, you got some good players, but Ward's... <laughs> So I mean, I am looking at your team, Arno. You're playing Wards against your two Arsenal attackers. Yeah. So, but, but he's got Everson on the bench. He can't. Yeah, exactly. So that's probably why I wouldn't start <laughs> with Everson Wards. Uh, well, I um, mean, and they're both four million. I and, can't move them uh, up for anybody. <laughs> and Jay, James is great. Kudzewski is great. Trouble is, they play each other. So oh, chances are, matter, one of them is going to do well, and one of them isn't. I don't have um, James for clean sheets. I have James because he's on every set piece and he's a machine. So. so so I look at this and I think, I think, yeah, it needs a better goalkeeper. And the Kulazewski James thing is not ideal. Granted, James is there for attacking points and clean sheets are a bonus. But I do look at that and I think, I think it's, I think it's good, but I think it could be a bit better. I know you've come in here swinging away with your 79 points, but <laughs> I'm is, looking at this and thinking you can this, do better, Andy. This is, better. This, is, this is outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think James and Kulusevski would easily both get attack and returns, uh, or it could be nil-nil when they get me nine <laughs> or, points. Or they don't play each other the week after and it's fine. Or that. I, I mean... <laughs> Look, game week one, 79 points. Game week three looks lovely. Game week four looks lovely. And I'll have two free transfers in game week three. Game week two, I've still got nine players there that are playing at home. Uh, and I've got two four million keepers that are freeing up money, which meant I could get Kulusevski. So I'm, I I'm happy. Always, I'm happy I, ne I never like it when you've got defenders against attackers. I think you're limiting your points there. Do you know what? Uh, I think a bit be... of better planning and you would have, you would have avoided <laughs> this. It was meant to be. <laughs> Seb's team next, but I'm going to bring Joe's team up next for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, you better not have any defenders yeah. against attackers, pal. Here we go. So we've right. got. Uh, so Joe, do you want to talk us through your team? Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Sanchez in goal, uh, who's not playing well, in my attackers. Sanchez. <laughs> yeah. You're rotating keepers. I've oh, got dear. Cancelo, uh, who's not playing any of my attackers. I've got Gabriel, who's not playing any of my attackers. I've got Alexander Arnold and Robertson. Uh, to co uh, complete a four back line, uh, I've got a four four two. Mason Mount, uh, who's playing Tottenham. I don't have any Tottenham defenders. Um, Salah is my vice captain. Uh, Martinelli, I don't have a Leicester a defender or goalkeeper. Uh, Bailey, the who's on. Gradually, the the clock is ticking for his demise in my team. But let's give him another go again against Everton. Uh, Holland as my captain and Jesus. Um, no attackers against defenders. Um, they are all playing at home. They are. Sorry, don't, home. don't you have Patterson on the bench? And I've what, got. What if they keep a clean sheet if against uh, what, Bailey? If Everton? Uh, yeah, it's true. Well, I'd, I'd I'd probably do Bailey do. Uh, to KDH so, if I were you. No, that's oh, fine. Wait, but then they play uh, Arsenal. This is, the, you know, obviously you're, you know, this is why people come for this value advice. <laughs> How foolish of me. <laughs> I, I really should have been playing my Everton defender um, away from home this week. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, no, I, look, it's, it's a great team, Joe. Obviously, it looks good this week. Didn't do so well last week, but maybe it's, no, it's no, I know. Okay I, I'm going to have. Do you know, what? I've got to live with that. And I have to live with that <laughs> every minute. Um, have a half pint and go to sleep. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, Chris. Obviously, Mount's, Mount's the interesting one, though, isn't it? Like, have you got any yeah, worries yeah. about Mount? People, people pick yeah, Mount yeah. because yeah, yeah, but he I'm was not... the safe pick for weeks. Yeah, weeks I mean, as, but... as weak links go, I think it's Bailey and Mount are the ones I'm looking at. But then you never know. <laughs> so, um, but they're the ones in game week three I'm looking at and thinking, will one go, will both go? They're the ones, I think. Interesting. Uh, and 0.5 million in the bank. So when you've got yes. two free transfers, that's going to look very nice. Uh, and on to Seb's team. So Seb, your bus team is looking a little bit different because obviously you've got five at the back, but just talk us through it very quickly. Yep. Uh, I might have to score to it because I have the community team up. So one second. Uh, it's very similar to yours, isn't it? But just a bit of change at the back. I have Sanchez starting in goal. Uh, Trent, Cancelo, Walker, James and Gabriel in that five at the back. Salah, Luis Diaz, and Martinelli in midfield, and Erling and Jesus up front. Erling. I currently have the captaincy on the Man City number nine. I think I'll keep it there, but it's pretty close. Like, uh, but there's nothing between those two players. Go with whatever you fancy. I guess my only decision would be this: what I've got up here is benching Bailey. It's that same question again with Walker, Gabriel, Bailey. Obviously, I'm playing Walker at home to Bournemouth. So it's just Gabriel at home to Leicester or Bailey at home to Everton. I think what I've lined up there is probably what I'll go with, and it's probably the sensible choice, but a shame not to be starting Bailey in the second of his OK fixtures. But I think that team's better. I mean, if I did, did, it would be Bailey for Gabriel. Did you play Bailey last week? Yes, and I benched Walker. You did. Hmm. I'm wondering why you picked both. I explained it is because um, so Walker, James and Bailey for me, alongside a few others, right? You know, Martinelli was there by the end, but I wanted cover for a couple of uncertain X-Men's players. Mm. I also originally had Doherty over Gabriel, I think it was originally, mm. um, who obviously was an X-Men's risk to the point where he was so much so that I then, you know, because we got that information that we believed that I transferred him out for Gabriel and uh, then kept Bailey. I wanted Bailey for those first opening two fixtures, and I wanted good cover on my bench for like... Because, I mean, there's every chance that against Bournemouth, what is it, like Stones, Diaz, Ake, and Cancelo play on Walker's benched, and then I'd be happy to have a playing first bench. So you wanted Bailey for those first two fixtures, but now you're benching him. What's changed? What new information do you have that means you can now bench him? He was always going to be benched for the second one. Why? But he's cover. This I wanted his fixture. Oh, the first one was better, wouldn't you say? No. What, home to Everton? Oh, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, hey, who would you... So I wanted him in the 15. Uh, it's not my first, team. It's not my team. first two fixtures. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. What would you... Uh, genuinely, it's Walker, I might, I, I might, follow, I might follow your advice. Walker's so you would, would you start Would you start Gabriel? Or like, I mean, James could be an option, I guess. Walker's the one for me that just has it. I just, I just don't think he has a lot of upside. I don't think he gets close enough to getting assists or goals or anything like that. So oh, I for me, I, I, Bailey... I think he's probably like his chance of a clean sheet is probably about as good as Bailey's yeah. chance of an attacking return, though. What I would have done originally is I wouldn't have had Walker. I think I would have taken him down to four point five and played Bailey. Yeah, fair fixtures. But, I think uh, yeah, we, we were talking earlier about wildcards and stuff. I think I sort of alluded to, but I'll say it specifically now. If like I did know for sure that my Walker would be fine, James would be fine. Yeah, because this, you know Bailey did nothing. I probably would have just gone with a four point five Bailey. I'm, I'm having I'm having fl- flashbacks to early scout casts with with um mark and granville um and mark would and granville would always be perplexed that mark always got points off the bench and mark would always say it's because he had a good bench 
And Andy, you're basically saying to Seb, your team's too good. Your well, squad is too good. Issue. You're five basically saying, why have, why have you gone for a good squad? I didn't think you were going to defend me there, Joe. Thank you. Well, mate. no, because, <laughs> Seb, because this Seb is an age... This is for a good squad. This is he a, always having money on the bench. No, yeah. Th- yeah, this is an age-old scout cast argument about around bench points. And I've always maintained that it's like, fine to have bench points because you've got that player and you can bring them in and it shows that they're in good form and you, they retain their value. And I think if your choice is Walker or Bailey to start, then you're in a great position because they're both good options this week. That means your first sub is good. That means if any one of these players doesn't play for whatever reason, um, and my first sub, by the way, isn't Patterson. It's uh, Pereira um, at Fulham. So slightly oh, better. Um, fair enough. Uh, I just, um, I couldn't be bothered to change the order for the previous team when I did the graphic. Um, but, you know, just, just sums them up. But but Pereira would be that. But I think I think this is a good squad because I can't see any weak links. Like, so so I, I hear what you're saying, Andy. Yeah. And like, if I had the information I have now, just to contradict everything I said earlier, before game <laughs> week one, I would not have Bailey. I'd have a 4.5 midfielder. The reason I did it is because I didn't have enough certainty on Walker, James, Bailey himself, I guess, playing, well, I guess starting and playing, you know, not coming off the bench is what I needed. But I thought there was definitely a world where Walker and James in particular might not play the first week. And therefore I'd be happy to have what was probably one of the best bench options slash starters in Bailey. And then when I had him in the squad, the question was, okay, who should I be starting now that I have them? And I was like, well, Bailey's actually, you know, he's got that great fixture. If I own him, I might as well use him. So I did over Walker. This week, I think this is my best lineup. And I still have that great first sub. And my defence is more nailed than I thought. So brilliant. Good times. And yes, I'm probably looking to downgrade Bailey. If I'd known all that beforehand, totally. But I didn't. So I took a bit of a bit of risk management, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. No, fine. We'll see what happens next week. Um, right, moving on to the question section. Mate, now this is... If, ba- if Bailey scores. Now, <laughs> I, now I wonder if I'm going to win this week. I know. Oh. This is my favourite new section after, now. So. After a... After rubbishing oh. Andy's team, coming at yeah, me with his, ma- coming at me with his magic Seb. beans. We had five <laughs> yeah. questions and Seb won 10 nil. Uh, <laughs> so people in the chat, here we go then. So this is the new section, which has convinced the host. Basically, you're going to chuck some questions in the chat and Seb and Joe have to try and work their way with their words to try and convince me as best as they can. Whoever convinces me the best will win the point for the question. Now, they do not have to have opposing views. If they want to have opposing views, that's absolutely fine. But if they don't want you want to, they don't have to. It's just about how much they can convince me that their answer is the best, if that makes sense. Oh, <laughs> Seb's put something in the chat on Zoom that's <laughs> taken that Joe is, out of it. That is that question. Oh, no, has it done something to the screen? Yeah, you'll have to maybe ch- chuck it in the, um, oh, in the YouTube chat if that's cool, because it literally just deleted Joe with your little... Oh, uh, goodness, comment. I'm so sorry. That was It was just the question from earlier, the super chat that you wanted yes, to Yes, if included. you could chuck it into the chat, we'll, we'll uh, quickly answer that one first while people chuck questions Okay, it's in. now in YouTube. Lovely stuff. <laughs> Instead um, of double Joe It's a good thing I was, was here just we go. the question, so, right? Um, already got Walker, Dyer to Ake for game week two, as in game week three, I will transfer to Perisic, or which other 5 to 5.5 defender would be suitable in game week two? Uh, so does he do Dyer to Ake, or does he choose another 5 million defender, basically? I would go, if you want to make that transfer, I would go with Walker off the top of my head, because He's of most reasons Walker. we've said. He's already, He's got- already got Walker. Goodness. Uh, I'd, I'd keep Dyer, I think. 
don't see well, this, much wrong with Dyer. For a, for I mean, I guess the assumption was he wants to lose a tyre, but yeah, I'd keep Dyer. I'm happy enough. This or is the greatest a... advert for price points I've ever seen. I've yeah. got all of these 5 million defenders. I'm not sure about any of them. Who can I switch to? Well, if you had lots of different price points, you could perhaps, will I get James in? Will I get Robertson in? Will I get Cancelo in? Um, or perhaps uh, I would consider going down. I would mix up your price points a bit, get get a cheaper defender, free up some money. Um, it, he's, he's looking at 5 million defenders and going, which other 5 million defenders? Well, have a, consider a 4.5 million defender and freeing up some money and consider yeah. price points. <laughs> And some more expensive price points in defence because that would I help mean, out. Saliba would be nice, wouldn't it? If, yeah, if say that. you know, if we've now got that information that you know we think he looks brilliant, he may be the nailed one. You also get a bit of money in the bank. Yeah. Um, sorry, there's so many. Oh, we're being bombarded with weird uh, chats in the uh, yeah. Chat. Can you, are you you posting that, Andy? Uh, or is... Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, right uh, here we go. So the first one's going to be to Joe then. Um, and it's from Delight Daniel, and he is asking, is Darwin going to change the template? No, because most people have already got an eight, a striker that's not Holland that is about eight million. Um, and was he, was a Darwin nine million? Mm-hmm. So I, if you've got Jesus or you've got whatever, you know, one uh, 7.5 striker hasn't changed the, the template particularly because that role strikers always change they're always there's always coming in and out of form you know mm. largely based on fixtures you would imagine so i don't think he's changed the template at all he's just an affordable player to get in a little bit more but you and you have to make a sacrifice somewhere but i don't think the templates particularly change it just means a slightly more expensive player has to be downgraded somewhere this is one other player so not a not a template change it's not like or where am I going to get 14 million from kind of player? Seb, what do you think? I, I will take the other side um, just because I do actually believe it might be the right answer. I guess personnel-wise, you could still keep two strikers, but three Liverpool. I think if you want Darwin, you are going to have to free up a Liverpool spot. And while you could do, say, a Diaz to a Mount or a Robertson to a cheaper defender, I think there's an opportunity to switch up the makeup of your squad there. Like you said yourself, Joe, a 4-3-3 or what have you. And I think if people aren't just doing a straight swap, which I don't think they can, I think people will take that opportunity to perhaps jump on a you know a Robertson to a Saliba even. And then you've suddenly got this money. Mm. That means you can go premium, you can get three strikers, you can upgrade a Bailey, whatever it is. So I do actually think out of out of most of the players we've seen this week, he probably has the potential to switch it up more than anyone else. Nice. I think um, th- th- there is an element to him that he will always be a differential, I think because people will be reluctant to move a Liverpool player on. Mm. Um, so yes, yes, indeed. I'm arguing against myself here. <laughs> could He sure. could indeed <laughs> break the template because he's one of those players that, like Holland, everyone's got him in and everyone's going to get him in. And it's just, you know, it's just going to rock it. Don't, don't, you, don't you come stealing my point by no, going no. Re- revising no, no, you convinced, <laughs> To be honest, Seb, you just convinced me. <laughs> a little yes. bit handy, but you convinced Moving me. Moving <laughs> on to the next one. This is from Danelius, and he is saying, and it's a nice quick one, and everybody's going to be talking about it as the week goes on. Salah or KDB for captain in game week two? Seb, start with you. 
Oh, sorry, uh, Salah or KDB? Oh, I thought it said Haaland. Yeah, Ooh, uh, I was going to so... I'm going to change his quickly and just change it to Haaland. So Salah or Haaland, captain, game week two. Oh, oh goodness. I mean, I, I'll just give up the point on this one. It's so close. I'm captaining Haaland because I am. Ge- like, genuinely, I think, like, the models literally have it at, like, 50-50. So, you know, there is there is nothing to give here. Uh, I'm that going Holland. That is the Holland. worst convince me ever. I, I, I will give away the point. I have nothing to convince you on. Either on, is fine. Go on, Joe. Right. right. <laughs> no. Um, I'll plug in the captaincy video again, but um, we may, we spoke about 15 minutes on this very issue. <laughs> and and Holland smashes Salah in terms of goals. The team is set up so that he scores. And Liverpool... Salah is a massive cog in a very powerful attacking unit there. But is he the main man? Well, he's a little less the main man, but he's still a main man there. Um, But I think Haaland is the one who is more likely to get a hat-trick against a newly promoted side. And um, I think, as as Seb mentioned, I think the odds are absolutely huge for City to score and to score a lot. Um, I do like Salah... Um, stats against Palace um, but at the same time I just I just cannot look past Haaland this week if it was KDB against Haaland I don't know that is a question um, KDB I, gets more points no. he's in he's in he could be he could assist all of Haaland's goals and then get bonus and I think that would mean you get more points you know what's interesting on what Joe was just saying if you asked me last season which team Liverpool or City they both win 6-0. Which one's more likely to have one player involved in all of it and which one's more likely to spread the points around? You'd probably yeah, say Salah for Liverpool yeah. and City yeah. spread it around. Oh, right. It's funny how we've so quickly almost flipped that yeah. in our heads, yeah. right? Yeah, well, we've we've had two games of that now, the Community Shield yeah. and um, uh, 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 and obviously Game Week 1, where Haaland's just looked incredible. I, I would be flummoxed if Haaland was suddenly rubbish against Bournemouth. I'd, be, I'd just be weird. Um, whereas Salah, I, I'm fairly certain he'll do well and score, but there is there's just that nagging doubt. So that's that puts me to Holland. I think. Uh, okay. Joe, Joe did 15 minutes on it. You can give him the point. That's, that's <laughs> cheating. He got he got to have a warm up for this one. Next one, uh, Tony D asks, how much data do we need before we have enough information? It's a good question. Well, that's Joe, what a good do you question. think? I would say a minimum of four matches. And even that isn't enough. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. Ideally, what you want is a range of data. You want as much as you can get. So over the last year or so, a year or two. And you also want really recent as well to see how they compare. And you also want to see how they compare against those types of sides as well. Four fixtures against a range of sides, easy and tough matches, gives you a piece of the jigsaw but it doesn't give you the whole jigsaw. And so I would say tentatively four minimum, but really you just need lots. And that's why data is so much better around after, after Christmas time. I think we mm. get, we get so much more information then. Seb? Uh, it's not binary. There's never enough. More is always better, but of course there is a tipping point where you go from simply not enough to it starting to become a decent amount and then we just refine and refine and we become more certain in our inferences and assertions based on that data of course as then joe alluded to the thing in football is that stuff changes so you know if you take kane's numbers from when he was young 
oh great, we've got loads of data, but so much has changed in that time that that old data might not be that useful to us anymore, depending on how we're using it. So a bit like, I guess, the, is it the Hall of Fame in Scout, where like it takes however many seasons, 10 seasons, hmm. but it weights it more to recent seasons for obvious reasons. What you want to do is you want to get as much data as you possibly can and then weight it to recent information, which may be where as Joe's, you know, four weeks comes in, six weeks, 10 weeks, a whole hmm. season, whatever you want. Uh, and of course, you want to identify key tipping points, like a change of manager or a changing role or starting or something like that. For FPL purposes, it's an, it's a game of making decisions on not enough information. So for FPL, six weeks at a push, but really for like football analytics, anything less than a season is bad. Yeah. Uh, lovely stuff. And then last question from Elias A says, what would you do with Rashford? So Seb. Uh, so I guess that assumes you own him. Yeah. Uh, oh, it always depends on the rest of the squad, doesn't it? You, I'll go back to what I said earlier on to be consistent. You bought him for a reason. And yeah, Man United were terrible against Brighton. But Brighton are really good. They are very good, especially in those matches where Potter gets to showcase his tactical nous and take apart a team that are learning a new system and frankly aren't that good unless they're going to have a lot of time in that system. I think we saw, what was it? Within 10 minutes, Brighton weren't playing it out the back. They were going pretty direct. And that just threw Man United. It's quite simple. Potter's very, very good. And unfortunately, Ten Hag either hasn't had the time, doesn't have the personnel or whatever. So maybe we see more from Ten Hag in future matches. We saw something in preseason to suggest that, you know, it's not a lost cause. So I think you made the pick for a reason. So you keep him. If you absolutely must lose him, I think you can afford, let's assume you have Martinelli, otherwise I'd say him. I think you can afford to wait a week and see who someone like Joe might be doing with Bailey, because you've got a similar player who could go down to like a 5.5. Narrison, Rodrigo at six, just to talk talk about Leeds ones. Lovely. Joe? Yeah, I mean, I would keep... So they're playing uh, Brentford next um, away, um, and then they play Liverpool. So game week three is a perfect time to ditch him because it's a tough fixture. I think the problem with Manchester United at the moment, they're so disjointed. I don't, so Martial, I don't know when he's back. I presume he would be favoured up front. I don't know where Rashford would go. I, I mean, this Eric, I mean, Ericsson was, was up front as in a false nine. And then Ronaldo comes on too much up in the air. Um, it's too much up in the air with the personnel. They're not a team I would invest in. In the middle of pre-season, when they looked quite good in pre-season, in the earlier games, I was quite gung-ho. I had a, a video on on scouts um, with uh, with Rashford in it. But as the preseason matches went on, as the matches got tougher, um, then I think you know, and the match against Brighton is a slightly, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't totally say that that proves that Manchester United are terrible. I think there's enough evidence. I mean, all the, all their fans are, you know, they're looking at all the other teams and the transfers they're bringing in and Manchester United are trying and then failing to get Arnautovic in. I mean, that's that's pretty low, really. I don't think we failed. I think we pulled out of it, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, of course you did. We did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, I didn't like him anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so basically, in a nutshell, they're a team in a total mess and I wouldn't go near them at the moment until yeah. they prove to me they're not in a mess. Lovely stuff. Right. Would you like to know who won tonight? Not really. (laughs) I I know, but yeah, I do want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So unfortunately, one of you did uh, give away a question and the winner is Joe again. What? Well done, Joe. Why am I the winner again? (laughs) 
Well, just, just gave you an answer and just went, oh, oh. yeah, because I am picking him. Uh, but yeah, oh, Joe's the winner yeah. again. Well done. Oh, okay. Three, well, that's yeah. it. I thought well, three, two, I thought, oh, whoops. See, see if, I was in your, if I was in your class uh, and I spent like 20 minutes just absolutely rubbishing your teaching skills yeah. and then you had a test and then and then I ended up. See, that's why you're not a, a teacher, man. Joe. I'm a yeah. fair yeah. person. Because I would have Because you, I would have you won't there. bully children oh, back. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You got an F again <laughs> maybe no, you should be nice <laughs> right um that that kind of sees us at the end now everybody in the chat thank you so much for your questions thank you so much for being here we had uh, almost 1200 people here again tonight which is absolutely brilliant so awesome numbers make sure you like it make sure you subscribe they little they pop up on the screen as the uh thing goes on look there's even going to be one coming up now look there it is um oh. joe i hope you've enjoyed your evening with everybody yep it's been fun <laughs> yeah, it has been it has been I'm, and i'm looking forward to game week two with all my home players who aren't playing each other yeah Lucky get back get brilliant. back in the cupboard yeah and seb wins the quiz um and seb i hope you've enjoyed yourself as well oh so much yeah very very much so i mean like, i mean, know we i know we had a couple of points of uh of disagreement but that's what it's all about right i really really enjoy those whether i'm right or wrong the whole point is to chat that out and improve both of our thinking together. So, yeah, I love it. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, so, again, thank you so much. Enjoy Game Week 2. Obviously, enjoy making those transfers and kind of being back in the season again because this is all what you've wanted. So, we've got to enjoy the highs and the lows. And if you had a low, just make, just make sure you realise that there's going to be a high just around the corner, hopefully. Um, so, we will see you all again next week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.